0: Welcome to Go Into All The World with your host, Gary Griffenhagen. Gary completed Romans 6 last week and briefly introduced the ministry he oversaw at Silverado High School in Victorville, California for four years. You know, God used Gary and members of the school's Bible club called the JC Fan Club to minister the message of salvation, deliverance, and power, the power of God on the high school campus. Now, here's Gary. Hello and thanks
1: for joining me today in a review how I got to the Silverado High School or I got to be the advisor for the JC Fan Club. Uh, Briefly I was transferred from one school over to the other Um, in the summer. I didn't initially want that but uh, the principal at the new school wanted me and he basically said I saw something new and it turned out he was a believer and when I came there uh, he and the dean made me an advisor for the JC Fan Club, okay, the school's Bible club. I kind of resisted at first because I wasn't saved as a teenager. But anyways, they kind of made it clear, or the lady in charge made it clear, that's it. So I um, agreed, if you would, and um, the first day as I walked in, I thought, well, what, what do you do at a high school Bible club? I mean, I had a little bit of an idea, but you know, I walked in and there was four, uh, four young students sitting there, And uh, I kind of walked up to them and said, what would you like to see in the club? Or what are some things you'd like to have? And basically, they looked at me in unison and said, we want to see God move on the campus. One more time, they said, we want to see God move on the campus. Well, uh, as I shared last week, I saw God move, not really on the campus, it was brand new, but anyways, I had seen God move regularly at the church I was at. We had a very powerful church, and we kind of waited on God and maybe worshiped and prayed for 45 minutes, so we felt the Spirit of God was there. So I was kind of used to that, and actually kind of excited me. Um, Anyways, I want to share a little bit about what God did in a high school campus, okay? And I'll share a little of the background with this, but I hope this would encourage you that no matter where you are, you can come up with a way to serve God. Again, this was a high school campus. This went on for four years. It wasn't, you know, like two weeks here or a week-long sermon or a week-long, you know, special meeting or something like that. God just moved and moved and moved and moved, okay? So this is probably what I would call maybe a special move of God. So I can't if you want to say it's going to happen everywhere. But again, my job is to encourage you to go into all the world, well, what I started with last week is that the JC Fan Club, and we came up with a, a skit that we were going to do at the school's winter celebration. We practiced the skit for about, oh, a month and a half or so. And, um, you know, it just did not seem to come together. It, uh, it was actually just, I, I want to say, there was no anointing. There was no joy. And we were all like, well, how is this going to work? That's going to work. None of us were excited about it. And here we are with this major celebration. Okay, so all the kids would be there, say 15 or 100 or so, and a couple hundred staff or whatever, 50 or 60 staff. Anyways, so we really wanted to do something, but this skit didn't make it. So the day before, we canceled the skit. Well, as we canceled the skit, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a wonderful opportunity. When we go out, the JC Fan Club goes out, we draw a lot of students, okay? And it just partly it's because there wasn't a lot of things going on, partly because we had a bullhorn that the principal gave us, and just in general we had kind of a good message and did fun things. So to me, I was thinking, well, this is ridiculous and this is, this is sad that we've, we have this great opportunity and, um, you know, we're letting it slide by or we're just letting it drop and we didn't know what to do. Well, I kind of prayed for a second, and I looked at the students, and I said, Tomorrow, if God is in the quad at 7 o'clock when I get here, we're going to do something. Well, they looked at me and said, What are we going to do? And I said, Brilliantly, I don't know what we're going to do. (laughs) I said, But if God's in the quad, we're going to go there. Well, 7 o'clock the next morning I came, and I knew if you want to call it by the Spirit, God wasn't like sitting there an angel or something like that. I just knew that God was there. And I thought to myself, we're going to do something. So I got the kids together. We had like a short break. And I said, let's do a mini skit. And we kind of came up with the idea that we'd have a bowl or something like that, a vase or a hat or something. And we would put tickets in it. And the tickets would say something like, what's the reason for the season? Or the overall theme was, what's the reason for the season? Well, the tickets would have things like family, gifts, Christmas, Santa Claus, travel. I mean, you know, we probably had, say, six or seven of those. And, of course, the final ticket would be Jesus is the reason for the season. So we got this set up. Uh, We got our little bullhorn. And, again, this is a winter celebration. People are happy to get out of class, you know. So we had hundreds and hundreds of students surrounding us. And we had kind of an overhang by our quad. So there was a few hundred more up there. And, again, we were kind of popular as far as doing things like this. So people were kind of aware of it. So they came out, and I say people, the students. Well, we started, and here's what happened. We got all the club members. They were kind of scattered out through these, you know, 100 students. And one at a time, they'd come running up, or they kind of pushed their way through the crowd, and it, it seemed like it was working pretty good. One of them pulled out a ticket, and they gave their reason. Oh, family. Another one pulled out their ticket. Oh, it's, it's gifts, you know, and the crowd was kind of getting into it, and da-da-da-da-da. Um, so we get down to the, say, I think it was six or seven. I don't remember. Exactly something like that, tickets. And I want to share a scripture. You know, the Bible says that man plans, but God directs. And I want you to think about what God did here in the next 10 minutes. God did something just sovereignly on his own, in front of hundreds—I mean, literally fifteen hundred students—okay—that touch many, many lives. And again, I want to give glory to God because we had a plan, all right. But God superseded that plan. And here's what happened: we had—we got down to the last ticket, and um, you know, we had a student that was kind of designated to do the last ticket. Well, before that student could get through the crowd, this young boy with kind of a stammering disability he was. You know, it's a little bit disabled. He came out of the crowd. He came up and he reached in the, in the, the vase, in the hat, if you would, the bowl, if you would, and he picked out the last ticket, okay? And I don't remember if it was symbolically or not. I think we kind of symbolically knew what this one was going to be. Well, anyways, he tried to open his mouth. Well, he couldn't do it. And, I mean, literally hundreds of students are looking at this guy going, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? Well, again, here's how great God is. He sent this student out, and suddenly a girl student comes running out of the crowd. She's not part of the club. You know, who's this person? She puts her arm around this guy, and she goes, Jesus is the reason for the season, into the bullhorn. Again, she said, Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, all those students, hundreds of students just started exploding or just exploded. And they started shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And this went on and on and on. 10, 15 minutes. I don't know what. It was a while. And all these kids are yelling, Jesus. And there's hundreds of kids there. There's hundreds of kids in the balcony, kind of the overhang thing. And all these kids are yelling, Jesus. It was quite spectacular to see that. And again, did we plant this young boy? No. Did we plant the girl? We had nothing to do with it. The person we had there couldn't get there. But God had a plan, and God did it. And it was wonderful because the, the reaction, I mean, these are hundreds of students hearing the name of Jesus, hundreds of students saying the name of Jesus, and they were getting ministered to, and those people that are listening, I know that God was ministering to those people. Well, I had... You know, I left last week that there was part of the story where our, our first, one of our first meetings or meeting a few weeks before this, maybe, maybe actually a month, month and a half before this, we had a prophet come and the prophet came and he gave a couple words. He told one of the members, he said, listen, it's, it's better to be a lawyer. Then a school teacher. Well, this girl didn't receive it. She actually got mad. And after he left, she kind of got in my case. But the funny thing was that girl was smart enough to be a lawyer and it was actually a good word for her. But the, the the prophet gave another word. He said, there's somebody in here that's mega depressed and God is breaking that spirit of depression. Well, if you remember from last week, I had had a girl two days before, I believe it was on a Wednesday the prophet came in a Friday, I had a girl come in, one of the girls from the club, and say, "Gary, I'm very, very depressed." And she was down. She was mega down. And you know what? She wasn't one of these kind of pretty students that had a lot going for her. She was maybe a little overweight, and you know, just not, just not real confident, and all these kind of things. And it just, you could just see that probably this regular depression, plus you know, maybe not, not one of these superstar type kids, was bothering her. Well, the prophet said, okay, on Friday, that spirit of depression is being broken off you. Here's how God did that. With all these kids yelling, Jesus, 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 we had bought a bunch of candy. I mean, like these huge bags of candy, like 700 pieces each. It's crazy big. Well, this girl and another girl took that candy. And they went to 1,500 students. They said, Gary, we went to every single student on campus. We gave them a piece of candy and said, Jesus loves you. Now listen to this. This is 1,500 students. Hundreds of them are yelling Jesus. The rest of them are getting candy and being told Jesus loves you. God poured out his spirit. We went went and just a whole campus. And you know what? The girl that was passing out, the one that was depressed, That depression was gone, and she was never, ever depressed again the rest of her time at the school. So God's word came true, and how God used that, passing out the candy, okay, to kind of get her into, if you want to call it the mood. And once she got going, because these girls came back, they're flying high. Imagine if you or I went up to 1,500 people, gave them candy and said, Jesus loves you, all right? We would be flying high too. Well, this this move of God, or that, was one of the first of the many times that God moved on the campus. This went on again for four years. We saw students get saved, we saw students get delivered, and by the way, this is very serious in high school. There's a lot of depression, or this, at least there was at this time, and it probably is today. There was a lot of depression, and some students were actually suicidal, and unfortunately, one student did kill herself. It was sickening. It was horrible. It was actually from my class, and. I might share the story later. So when I say kids got delivered, it's very serious. They had serious emotional difficulties. Sometimes we prayed for them, and sometimes they just got they came to meeting and they got healed. We didn't even talk, we didn't even like have a prayer time or anything like that. And and by the way, God wants to add here: these were not spirit-filled kids. I was the only spirit-filled person, okay, that I knew of in the group. Most of them were just regular, quote, Christians and stuff. So they weren't used to laying on hands and stuff like this. So this is very unusual. This is God Himself. I'm the only one there. that's kind of versing and this stuff, and they're like doing it, and God's just healing people right off the right off the bat, and He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need translate them. Just come to the meeting. Just sit under. And over the years, I was telling Russ East, I said, you know, Russ, even the non-believing kids would say, in your room, Mr. G, there's power. They knew there was power there. Now, how they knew that? It was probably just because people were talking, obviously. But they knew that, and they respected that, and they wanted to see, okay, they wanted to see their friends, if you want to call it, healed. I had a girl call me up one day, and I'll just kind of digress for a second. We had a very important business meeting. It was three or four years after this Christmas thing, and I couldn't cancel the business meeting. And I was like, I was like worried. I'm thinking, this girl could be suicidal. I know she's mega depressed. I knew that for sure because the girl on the phone told me, Gary, I, I got to bring her, not good. And so my, part of me is thinking, eh, she could be suicidal. If not, she's just mega depressed. How could I get around this? Well, What I did is I finally realized I had to have the business meeting. I'm going to just have to ask God to move in a business meeting and touch this girl's life. Guess what? We had the business meeting. The girl that called me, she brought her friend. Right towards the end of the business meeting, she and her friend left, and she looked at me me. She gave me a big wink and a thumbs up. It's okay. She's okay. God touched this girl, a student, probably not even saved, I don't know, Right in the middle of a business meeting on a high school campus, and all that depression and stuff left her. Okay, I really wanted to make that point because sometimes people underplay some of these deliverance things. And anyway, so back to the kids. They got counseled. You know, we encouraged them, and it was really it just it was just a very very neat time seeing hundreds and hundreds of kids touched on a high school campus. Well, let me come back, and I want to talk for just a second about some words of knowledge and words of wisdom that God gave students, okay? And if you look in 1 Corinthians, you know there's some there's the gifts and things like that. 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about gifts. And a couple of the gifts are words of wisdom and words of knowledge, okay? Words of wisdom is kind of like directing you, and words of knowledge is like a fact, okay? Okay. And God brought those out, and I want to share a few with you, and share how God used those, okay, on this campus. Well, um, you remember the student that was told it's better to be a lawyer than a school teacher? Again, she fought that word, and I, I really didn't keep up with her life, but deep down, I knew that was a good word for her because she had her ability to be a lawyer, and she was just kind of like, "Oh, well, I'm just going to go back to being a school teacher. I don't want to go anywhere." Um, Okay, I mentioned the girl with depression. Again, she wasn't some fancy kind of girl, and some pretty kind of athletic and all those kind of things. And so she didn't have a lot of golden in the naturals. For her to get down, it was just maybe, it was just very, very difficult. But once she got that word, and she didn't really ra- realize the word for sir, she kind of sat in the meeting, didn't come up to me afterwards. Uh, that was for me. But again, she was not versed in these things. So I wouldn't necessarily expect that. But once it broke off of her, okay, she was free for the rest of the time. So the prophet spoke at a few weeks, maybe a month, month and a half later, we had the winter celebration and it was totally gone. Another girl, she was one of my students. She's kind of tall and she's kind of like mixed black and Asian or mixed black and white, kind of an unusual look and kind of that good looking or kind of unusual looking that draws people. Well, she was one of my first classes. And one day I walked by her and I said, it's okay to be a model well her jaw dropped she just looked at me and said what are you who, are, who what, what do you mean and I said well I said I said look it's okay to be a model I believe God said that well she's a believer so she kind of looked at me okay but then afterwards we talked and she said you know for years I've thought about it or for a long time I'm not sure years years by 15 or 16 amount so of years. But she said she had thought about it and thought, oh, I want it to be okay. I want it, oh, I wish I knew it would be okay. Well, from that day on, she realized it was okay. And here's the backside of the story. She and her family attended one church, and I, I was the actually assistant pastor at a different church. But a lot of times, her and her family, or generally often her just her and her dad, they would go out to eat the same restaurant that I did or the group that I was with, my wife and I and or my former wife and I and uh, the other people from the church. She would walk into the restaurant. She would see me. She'd grab her dad. She'd bring her dad, like pull her dad over to me, and dad and her would just give me these big hugs. And He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy that God used to give me that word, okay, or to give me that word. So, again, this was something that was a great encouragement for a young girl, okay, kind of had that model-type look, and she was just kind of trying to figure out if it was okay. Well, in the middle of a Spanish class, God told her it was okay. Well, The next student, um, and I've told a little bit about her story before, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but we had a girl move in from another state. Um, she she dressed so to speak to the nine. She was always dressed, sometimes nylons, heels, the dress, you know, whatever. <laughs> Again, she's in a high school class in California where most of the people have shorts or, you know, kind of those baggy type pants and maybe a T shirt or a long sleeve shirt. I mean, it was like nothing nice, okay? It was just casual and that's what the students wore. But she dressed that way. And she for some reason she had trouble making friends. I don't really quite know what was going on, but one day in class, I walked by her, and, you know, I'm giving out assignments or something, so you're kind of like going to desk to desk or something. So it's not like I just kind of ran up to her in the middle of class, but I'm just walking by her. I said to her, it's okay to be a lawyer and not a prison guard. Well, if you think the model girl looked shocked, this girl looked totally shocked. She looked at me and said, why do you say that? How do you know? And I just pointed skyward like, pointing to God. Well, after class, she grabbed me and she said, what, what gave you? Why did you say that word to me? Why did you tell me those things? And I said, you know what? I felt that was from God. Now, I don't know anything about you, but I just it was a word from God that it's okay to be a lawyer and not a prison guard. I said, what does that mean to you? She said, oh, it means a whole lot. She said, my mom is a prison guard. And again, this is in California. My mom's always talking about how good the benefits are. And boy, if you guys became a prison guard, you're going to get these great benefits. And that's going to go on and on. And, you know, trying to go to lawyer or become a lawyer, you got to go to school, you got to pass your, your bar exam and all this. And maybe you don't get this, you don't land with a good firm. She said, why don't you just be a prison guard? Okay. So she said, Gary, I've been trying to fight it and fight it. I think it'd be exciting to be a lawyer. You know, my mom's kind of that tougher type person. I'm not. Anyways, that word encouraged her. Secondly, that word kind of made us friends. We were already, I mean, I was always trying to be nicer. I could see that yeah, obviously she's different as far as the dress. and She didn't have many friends. And long story short, she actually started coming to my room at lunch to eat lunch. So we would talk. So we kind of became friends that way. And I won't go into it today, but in a few months, I saw why God gave her the word and allowed kind of, if you want to call it a friendship to develop between her and I. Well this last word is very serious. Um, I don't say these kind of words very much and very often and I, I did feel it was okay to kind of put it on the show today. but God used a word that was kind of unusual and you know maybe if you want to call it kind of funny sounding especially to believers. but he used that word okay because he knew it would open a door and months later there was a girl in trouble and this girl was saved okay. Because God opened the door, and here's the first part of the story. There was three sisters. Um, three were triplets. They didn't actually look alike, but anyways, um, they were. I came around the corner one day, or they came in my room. I don't, I don't quite know where, but um, we met and we started. I just kind of looked at them, and one of them, by the way, was the president of the club, and this girl at fourteen was the president of a club where miracles were happening. Okay. And she wasn't even, again, from that kind of background church. just was from a regular church. But this girl handled everything wonderfully. And God really blessed We became good friends, not like anything weird like that, but just we would just sit there and talk and try to plan the meetings out and kind of see where God's going. Anyways, I looked at them, and they were down. They were really like kind of downcast and maybe a little teary-eyed, and it was like, this is not good. And I kind of said, is there anything wrong? And they said, yeah, we're, we're, we're very concerned. Um, and I could see they didn't really want to talk or maybe they felt so much hurt or whatever. Well, here's what the word was. I looked at them and I said, you three girls, you've all been molested. Well, you can imagine how they felt, okay? And again, it, wasn't, it didn't come across too weird. It actually came across, if you want to call it, very normal. And I said, you know, I've seen... some some molestation. I've seen people or, you know, maybe so to speak, relatives or people I know. And so I kind of get some of the signs. And I I didn't really associate with them strong, but I just sensed that was the issue. Well, they kind of looked, and again, they weren't super flustered. I mean, that's, that's kind of an odd thing to say to people, especially in public. But again, there was just the three of us and them. But that word led to what I call a dramatic deliverance. And I don't feel I should tell the story right now. I'll tell a little bit later. But a few months later, that, that word had opened a door. Myself and the sisters and mainly the main sister, we followed that door for a while. And then we came down to one final decision. And this girl, the 14-year-old, 15-year-old asked me. She was 14 when she started. This was a year and a half in. She asked me to do something, okay? And this is right in the middle of this situation. So I'll, I'll come back to it again. Well, you know, when God gives words of knowledge and words of wisdom, we we get information. You know, Knowledge to me is like usually you get a fax, okay? Wisdom is generally where you're going to go. So a fact you've been molested, okay? A fact you're depressed. Wisdom, all right? Hey, you can be a lawyer rather than a prison guard. You should be a lawyer rather than a teacher, okay? Uh, so those are a couple things that... That, that I would call or I would say that a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge is used for. Well, I want to tell you just a little bit more of the background. I know I'm running out of time today. I want to tell you a little bit more about the background of the JC Fan Club and how, how God ministered in general ways before I tell some specific stories. Okay? Well, we started off, and I'll, I'll end with this part here today. We started off doing what we call 30- and 24-hour fasts. There was a group or a national or international group that did, first of all, 30-hour fast, and they lowered it to 24. Well, the kids in the campus wanted to do it, and since I was the visor, you you know who got to fast, too. And we would start at school, like, say, at 7 in the morning or something, we'd fast. We'd spend all day fasting, and at night we would go to somebody's house and kind of have a sleepover. Listen, I think I better end there today. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm going to come back next week, and I'll, I'll tell you some more what God did on the high school campus. And if he can do it for myself and roughly 15 or 20 high school kids, and, and sometimes there was 30 or 40, he can do it for you. Well, listen, I'm going to let Russ end the show. Thank you for listening today, and hope to join me next week as we go into all the world.
0: If you'd like to support this ministry, donations can be sent to Words of Grace and Truth, P.O. Box 860223 in Plano, Texas, 75086. And if you just mark attention, go into all the world in the memo line of your check, that would be super. Online giving can be done at and slash radio. So for Gary Griffin Hagen... Thanks for joining us here on Going to All the World.